Okay, good day, everybody. Uh, this is uh, the option professor speaking to you. And um, uh, we are gonna go over uh, different stocks that uh, uh, people are interested in. And uh, so if you have any stocks, I guess, uh, David, are people gonna uh, submit them or exactly how's that working? Yeah. Um, if yeah, not, so... I'll, just give the, I'll give the things that I'm looking at. <laughs> Yeah, correct. So uh, if you have symbols for, for the option professor, just type them in the chat now. Okay, sounds great. And um, before we get started, I'll give you a little overview on how I'm seeing it. I sent out a quick alert yesterday. First of all, Option Professor, uh, the website's optionprofessor.com. Uh, we've been in the investment arena here for many, many decades. Uh, we've done uh, hundreds upon hundreds of option learning seminars nationwide, and we've uh, educated uh, thousands upon thousands of people on how the uses and risks of options um, are, are going on. So we're very experienced and knowledgeable in that area. And also we're knowledgeable uh, and uh, and experience in the area of investing by large. Okay, so we watch all the different markets, not just the options, but clearly we, we know a lot about that. Um, I'm gonna give you what I uh, sent out of my quick alert. Uh, basically, uh, the market yesterday <clears throat> had a big run up and uh, the VIX had a gap down at 2050 that got filled yesterday. We also had a gap on the S&P up at 4,100 that got filled today. So we'll have to see what happens tomorrow with regards to the jobs report, because if the jobs report comes in and it makes people sell, it would not be shocking uh, to us because with the gap filled on the uh, VIX, uh, the path of least resistance on the VIX could be up. And also with the gap being filled on S&P at 4,100, the path of least resistance could also be down for that. So we'll have to see, because I, I think we're at a fairly critical juncture here. If we start coming way off tomorrow, off that 4,100 high today, uh, then obviously there, uh, this rally could uh, fizzle out pretty good as the emphasis switches from uh, the slowing down of the pace and maybe uh, a, a pivot or cuts later next year. And maybe the emphasis would start happening into uh, something along the lines of uh, this inflation is very sticky. The jobs market is extremely strong. The Fed's gonna have to go 5% or 550 on the uh, Fed funds rate at least to slow the thing down. And we're down to 3.75 right now. So there's a lot of real estate between five and five and a half and 3.75, which the market may not really be uh, factoring in. So I think it's gonna be very interesting, uh, this jobs report uh, tomorrow. And again, uh, the jobs report here for December as well, because there's a lot of business being done out there. As you know, if you've been to the malls or the restaurants or anything, so this thing doesn't look like it's slowing down very much. And as far as jobs are concerned, in the service sector, it seems like uh, looking for job losses in that sector. The job losses you're hearing in this tech, don't forget during the uh, pandemic, these guys expanded their workforce dramatically and all they're doing is taking away that froth. So as far as you know, the other industries, you're not hearing a bunch of cuts in that industry as much. In fact, uh, Target uh, lost a ton of money and, and, and they uh, came out and said there will be no job cuts. And the reason is you can't fire who you can't hire, meaning with the uh, aging of America and 1957 people in the baby boom year, it's a huge demographic. They're all retiring and uh, the uh, participation rate is very low because of the wealth effect and all the aging of America. So the labor market is tight and the likelihood that it's going to remain tight without a recession uh, is pretty likely. So again, uh, this inflation going from 9% down to 7 it's nice, but you know it might be a little too early to get the party hats out. So again, uh, the market uh, is definitely looking for a rally at the end of the year. And certainly, like I say, let's go through some of the charts right here. Can you see it's hitting my uh, long-term moving average at 4,100 right there? So that's where I'm getting these numbers from. 4,100 was the filling of the gap. 4,100 is where this moving average is coming in. This moving average is pointing straight down. Now, the good news is we're heading into a very big intersection because you can see the blue longer term average has been rising and we've been only underneath it for a little bit and now we're back above it. Now that's bullish because you notice in the last 20 years, when it gets down to the blue line, it bounces. When it gets through the blue line, it recovers. When it gets through the blue line in 2018, it recovers. During the crash, Within two months, we're right back above the blue line. Again, we uh, within two months or so, we're right back above it again. So 
you know, I'm not fighting the tape here by any means. Right now, you should be fairly bullish, and and it's possible it's going to try to make a big run here. But again, uh, if the news does change as far as inflation and rates are concerned, we're at a juncture right now, and the enthusiasm, we have to admit, is awfully high because we've come from where? 3,500 up to 40, almost, four, well, 4,100. So that's a 600-point move on the S&P. So that's a lot of enthusiasm. And again, if reality comes in with its red line, which is the one year, keeps coming down, and they give it up from here, and then they start taking out 3,800, that's why we've been saying in our work, if it starts getting back under 3,800, that's very, very dangerous. And we're not going to see these rate, we're not going to see any of this 3,600, 3,200, 3,000 that everyone's talking about until you can break 3,830. Okay, so and we're not from the school of we like to be the first guy at the party. You know, we'd like to see the party running and then jump in. So, like I say, uh, right now, this is a place where we could stall out and possibly roll over. So be very careful here. This is where on an option basis, you might consider things like what replacement trades where you sell stock and replace it with calls or hedging where you buy married puts or collars, where you sell some out of the money calls and buy puts. This is not a bad juncture to look at that because, again, if we get through it, obviously, this thing could really get going because the blue and the green lines are both pointing up. In fact, if we get above uh, 4,200, you know, again, maybe this thing bottomed in 2022. You know, there are 20 and 40 year cycles that 2022 was supposed to be a very big low point, And certainly we did see a big low point. So again, I'm on the side of where the market's going. I'm not on the bull or the bear side. Right now, obviously the market's involved in an upswing. Okay, and it's very bullish that it's back above 3,800. And it's also bullish that the RSI is back above 50. Okay, so that those are bullish things, but you are running into some resistance here that could be problematic. So that's why I'm suggesting this is a place to be careful and keep an eye on it. Again, if it gets through here, yes. Then the 4,150, the 4,200, maybe 4,300. You know, I did a little math for you. If you take the high point on the stock market of 4,818 and you take away the low point this year of 3,491, you get 327 S&P points. If you take 61.8% of that, you get about, uh, let's just double check that, 4,818 uh, minus 34. 91, it's 1,327 points. 61.8% is 820. If you take 3491 and you add 820, it takes you to 4311. That would be a Fibonacci retracement of this move. And that would get everybody very bullish and very much thinking that the lows are in. And that is where maybe the problems would set in, not at this level. So right now at 4,100, I think you got to be on guard. And then the next big one for me would be 4,311. And that would be the 61% retracement. Okay. So keep an eye on those two numbers. I think they're very key. And the big, the big key one is you don't want this thing going back underneath the blue line, which comes in where at around 38, uh, 38, uh, 60 now. So it's at 3860. Okay. So you don't want it underneath 3860. Cause if you did that, what would the RSI be doing? It would be going way back into under 50. And when it's under 50, that's when there's problems. Okay. Like uh, during the crash, it got under 50 for just a little bit. So maybe that's why the Fed is uh, starting to sound a little bit like they're close to the end, because they can see that we're in a critical point that if, in fact, they uh, have to do much more hiking and this thing breaks under 3830, then those guys that are talking about 3000, 3200 would maybe make sense. Because if we go into a recession, there is going to be a cut in the earnings. Now, I heard a Morgan Stanley's guy talk about $1.95 in earnings next year on the S&P. If that was true and we went to a 15 to 1 uh, PE ratio, which is still fairly high in a recession, you're going to be at 2,900. So where they're getting the 3,000 number from is they're looking for a cut in earnings and then the multiple to be about 15 to one. Okay. If the earnings only drops towards something like uh, 210 and you went to 15 to one, 
you're going to be looking at 3150. So you see where they're getting their numbers from, but they need to have something happen that has not happened. And that is they need to have the earnings contract sub substantially. And while people are predicting that, prediction and reality can sometimes be two different things. So that's why here at optionprofessor.com, I've been doing this for a long time. And that means I've seen all the crashes and the booms and the busts and all this stuff. And I've seen the Fed hikes like Volcker and I've seen them cut them to zero. So I know anything can happen. Anything can happen. And so basically you try to go with the flow and that's what the moving averages are helping me with. Let me show you some of the other time frames. The five-year graph, again, you, the, the blue line is still pointing down, but you've gotten above it. Now you got above it back in August, but that was the high point. And you got above it back in March, but that was the high point. And that was when the VIX was down in that 20 area where we are now. So the setup is there for a big turn. You had the VIX at 20, that's a time for the top. And you've got the moving averages being tested, but if they start failing, another sign of the top. And then of course, uh, the future of earnings and a recession because we've got the inversion of the yield curve. And let me explain what that means. Again, you know what it means. It means short rates are way above long-term rates by 75, 80 basis points. And some are thinking it's going to go to 100 or 125. That has predicted the last 10 rins. 10 out of 10 is a good record. So what does it mean? It means that the recession will be coming, but it's imprecise on the timing. Now, the timing can be very quick, like 2019 or something, or you know, where it happens in 140 days. It could also be two years, like 2006. My guess is the average is 12 months, and that's probably the time frame, which would mean by the end of the year next year, we could see a little bit of a recession or in early 2024. So again, with the election coming up in 2024, you would imagine they'd like to get all this junk done before the 24, the year 19, uh, 2024, which is an election year. They obviously got all the junk done this year in 22, the second year of the presidency. But again, if they're going to, if they've got more wood to chop, they'd want to chop it in 23, not in 24, you would imagine. Just like at the end of the year here, it's not a guess why October it turns. I mean, think about it. What was, you, what was your account looking like and your pension plan looking like in October at the lows? Down 25, 35, 40%. Now, how the heck are these big brokerage firms and advisors going to keep you as a customer and ask you to put more money in and hold through next year if you look at your statement at the end of the year and you're down 40% on, on safe money called bonds, right? You're probably going to be very hesitant to either hang in there or also to what? put more in after January. So what do you need to do? You need to have a reversion to the mean on the bond market, meaning yields have to back off towards the 350 range. That has happened. You need the dollar to back off from the 115 down towards the moving averages, 104, 105. That's happened. So you can get a little bit of a burst in the global markets. Now I'm going to go over some things that are going on here where the money's going. And I think you'll find them pretty interesting. But at any rate, it's no surprise they got to rally it at the end of the year because these people cannot go to their uh, uh, their investors and their uh, uh, you know uh, clients and show them that Armageddon that was going on in October. Of course not. So that's why this reversion to the mean stuff that's been going on is of no surprise to me. But reversion to the mean is what it is as far as we can see. It's not a new bull market yet. It's getting close. If it starts breaking 42, 4,300, you know, then we're going to have to give it another uh, thought. But really, 4,311, that Fibonacci retracement would really be the big line in the sand to turn it into a bull market. Again, to get a bull market, they're going to have to cut rates. They're not cutting rates while the stores are packed with people, while everybody's working and everyone's getting more money. You know, wages are going up. Even the, the grunt wages of $13 an hour are now at 15 or 16. That's a 15 to 20% jump in grunt raise in grunt wages. Okay. So, and again, you know, I'm, uh, I'm uh, in getting social security and they're giving me about a 9% pay raise. 
and the ninth and the, the, the people getting Social Security is going to start exploding because the baby boomers of 1957 are going to jump in. And that's a big demographic. So, again, you know, it's hard to bring inflation down when everyone's got a job and everyone was locked up. So now that they're unlocked up from covid, their attitude is you only live once. I got money in the bank. I got a job coming in. Let's go hit Vegas. Let's go traveling over to Europe. Let's go out and eat every night. And basically, and then the Fed is trying to curtail this thing with a three or 4% interest rate. I mean, come on. And as far as real estate concerned, yeah, they might have to give back some of their price, but there's no huge cuts yet in real estate. So again, you know, the, the rates that they've already hiked them to, you know, I mean, people are dancing in the street when the inflation rate drops down into the sevens. You know, that's a long way from three and three quarter percent. And some guys like Bill Dudley, who used to work at the Fed, uh, they're on uh, they're on record saying that the Fed will ultimately bring the Fed funds rate above the inflation rate to really bring it down. So if this inflation rate doesn't come down very much, then of course that Fed funds is going to be the shock of 2023. Okay, so again, uh, that's uh, that's what it looks like right now. And again, uh, we are fading here uh, today off of that 4100 number, which we brought to our uh, readers yesterday as something that's important to look at. And so far today, it's been working out that again, we could break through 4100. The momentum is there, as you can see. But that jobs report tomorrow is going to be very, very big. So we'll have to see what happens. The PCE, the one that uh, the Fed likes to look at, it's still stuck at 5%. So there's no big break in the PCE, which is your personal consumption, right? And uh, like I say, wages are up and, and consumer spending is way up. So this thing is not slowing down anything like they're talking about. I just think there's happy talk at the end of the year. So people obviously will drink the lemonade for 20 and 23. Okay, that's my view. Um, okay, so let's take a look around and see what else is happening here. And I'll give you some things that I see that look like uh, they are uh, there of interest. Let me just see here real quick. Um, okay, you got some stocks here. Let's jump in before I give any more of my views. Let's uh, look at some of your stuff. Okay, uh, SOXL. Okay, this is uh, three times uh, on uh, three times uh, bullish on semis. Well, you know, semis had a good run. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see exactly what it looks like. I'll go out to the 20 year. How long has it been around? Some of these things haven't been around very long. OK, well, that looks like it's, uh, you know, again, this is a setup like many of them are. It's called a reversion to the mean. OK, so obviously, why is it going from five up to 13? Because, again, then, of course, as soon as you get a low surrounded by higher lows, that's your bicycle. So you did get a buy signal here, you know, once that low didn't get taken out the following uh, month, November. Now, again, there is real estate to go and still be in a down market. That's one thing you could say good about it. The bad thing is the RSI is under 50, so it's still a negative market. Let's start the five-year graph, see what it looks like. <clears throat> again, <clears throat> got above the red and it's in touch with the green, the blue staring it right in the face. RSI's come back up to sea level at 45, but it's still in a weak zone. So obviously, you know, you are, uh, you are uh, hoping that it keeps going. But again, uh, outside of a rebound rally towards these resistance zones, and that comes in about what? The blue line comes in around uh, 17 bucks. So there's some real estate that it could go. Let's see what it looks like shorter term. Again, it looks pretty good here. Uh, again, I'd want to, you know, I'd want to keep it on a short leash. So 1273 is the one year and uh, 1135. So, you know, it's, it's good. And the RSI is above, but the RSI is at 60 here. And let me tell you about RSI. Again, I'm sharing all my views, all my opinions. People have different ones. Uh, again, I'm not recommending anything here. I'm just basically giving an opinion based on the technicals that I look at. Um, again, uh, you're looking at um, uh, 11, uh, excuse me, 1273 is the area of, um, of, uh, of support on the one year. Let me show you a uh, short term because a lot of you guys do trade. Of course, on this kind of thing, you might be trading short term. So there you go. It's going back and forth. You give you a buy signal, sell signal, buy signal, sell signal. Right now, again, uh, I see this 1250 area. Looks like a big traffic jam here. And on the one year, you're at 1275. So anywhere between 1275 and 1250 would be my line in the sand on this thing right now. On a one-day basis, I think it's probably rolled over. No, no, it's hanging in there. It's hanging in there. Yeah. 
But uh, again, you know, if, if somebody wanted my opinion is yes, it could keep going on a further bounce. If we're going to get this rally further, and if the uh, T note, which is 350, 360, is going down to 340, 320, this stuff will probably keep going again. So you'd want to ride it. But where's your exit strategy? And again, if my opinion, an exit strategy would be around the 1250 or 1275 if you want to keep it on a relatively short leash. Okay. Uh, again, uh, that is. Uh, uh, the next one is uh, Labu Biotech. Well, you know, there's another one that's uh, come off the mat because we've been involved in XBI, which had a pretty good run. So let's see what's going on here. Biotech's very exciting when it works and very uh, very hurtful when it doesn't. Uh, we'll go out 20 years on this thing, although I don't know how long it's been around. Yeah, it doesn't have that much uh, history to it. Let's go to five year. At least we got a little bit of something on the five year. Yeah, it's been around since 2018. All right, well, there you go. I mean, uh, again, one of the reasons I'm not such a fan of these three times leverage and all that stuff is it's kind of like why I wasn't a big fan of the... Um, of the crypto, you know, and it's just my, my problem. It's not anybody else's problem is that, you know, if I can't explain it to somebody, then I really can't get too involved. And I really can't explain these things very well. And I couldn't explain crypto very well. So it wasn't a thing. Now, did I get involved in GBTC and ETHE and make some runs on it? Of course I did. But then again, I had a one-stop shop on it and I had a moving average I worked with. So I didn't really have to understand uh, Ethereum. I didn't have to understand Bitcoin. I just was playing the price. But in this stuff here, you know, I don't get it. So, but I will analyze it here for you. But again, um, there's other ways to play biotech besides this, but, you know, uh, at any rate, uh, this thing has moving averages all um, inverted to the downside right now. And it's trading at 723. And you can see the averages in the corner there. So they all look like they're pretty negative, And so is the um, RSI. So it's not something I'd be running down the street looking for right this second. Uh, let's see if it looks better on a one year. Okay, when you're starting to look a little bit better, your averages are underneath the price. That's a good thing. So your line's in the sand. You don't want this thing under 696, seven bucks. And it's trading 722. So, but again, the RSI is at 51 right on sea level. And the last couple of times it peaked above, like here, it was a tank job. And here it was a tank job. So if this market starts fading, I would imagine this thing's going to come back down. But like I say, uh, there's not much of a short leash there between 696 <clears throat> and um, 696 and uh, where we are now. The low, um, the low has been uh, 670. So obviously that would be another line in the sand uh, on it. But, uh, you know, again, uh, it's, uh, it's a market that uh, is coming off the mat like all of them are. Right. But it's the situation. And like I said, I don't know what they've got. If they got, uh, you know, 10 drugs that are about ready to, uh, uh, you know, if this thing has a lot of uh, drug companies uh, that have uh, um, drugs that are going to get passed pretty soon, you know, obviously it could be a good situation. Um, but uh, again, this is uh, bullish. So you want this stuff going up. Uh, like I say, it looks like it might go up. Uh, I would just uh, keep it on a short leash at 696 or seven bucks. Let's look on a one day on a one month. Yeah, the one month looks pretty good. There you go. You see the red line coming in at seven. So 687. There's, there's, you know, there's your lines in the sand. RSI is still above 50. So there's a reason to hold. There's a reason to hold. But, uh, you know, like I say, if you're a believer like I am that, you know, this is a rally to de-risk on, which means, you know, this is a place, uh, this would be a rally to fade into, um, then obviously you want to keep things on a short leash because if it starts rolling over, you know, you want to be in there when it goes back to 640, if that's what's going to happen. It's got a nice, you know, like, again, it's got a nice trend to it, uh, but it, you know, I mean, it went up to 760, you got your buy signal here. So, you know, if you got in there when it got at 680, now you could even raise your stop to seven and maybe you wouldn't even have uh, any loss if it started to break. But, you know, it looks okay. Uh, five day, let's see what it looks like on a five day. Yeah, five day, you know, let's get it back above the red line there, which is 735. Gets back above 735, you're out of the woods. And here, this one's coming in around 7682. So you can see 680 to 7, that's your neighborhood where you'd have to keep this thing above. Uh, looking at the one day, yeah, the one day doesn't look so good. Uh, again, getting above 735 would uh, clean up all this garbage. And uh, getting back above the red line here was good for the day trade, which is 726. And again, you start breaking 720, $7, 680. And then uh, that would tell you maybe the party's over for this right away. I don't know what's in this thing. I don't know how they can, I don't know how they figure it. I don't know how they price it. And so this is just way outside of my, uh, outside of my uh, situation. Um, all right, CVX. 
Okay, well, Chevron, you know, and uh, yeah, I definitely have an opinion on uh, energy, and I'll show you it in a minute. Um, if we're going into a recession, then people may start fade, uh, have been fading this because obviously a recession would obviously bring everything down. You know, when you're in a recession, there's not much that goes up. So the bottom line is, is you know, the 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 recession Titanic. Uh, you know, all the passengers are going to get nailed. Um, here. Here are some of the things that I find somewhat troublesome here. Uh, you have a high point here at um, in May, right? Uh, or is it June? In June. And the high point was 182. We come back and we buy against the red line. That's what you're supposed to be doing, buy against the red line. So this thing's a good buy down here at 130. It's a good buy at 140. It's a good buy at 150. That's where you, if you want to buy this stuff, that's when you buy it, okay? Now, we've just made a new high up to 190. And what did the RSI do? Well, you RSI was 72 at this high, right? And the RSI up here is at 65. That's a divergence, okay? And you're extended. You know, I don't really want to get involved when it's uh, 30 bucks above the moving average because when you did that last time, it was a terrible time to buy, okay? So I'm, uh, you know, I've been uh, discussing with people uh, the concept of selling calls when it hits 190 and buying some puts and collaring the thing or getting out of some stock, buy a call spread above. And then if it keeps going, you're in there. And if you're not, you, you booked all this game. So again, up here, you know, unless we got something going on that's going to be, um, you know, China reopening and all of a sudden they need a tremendous amount of energy. And then of course, you know, I hear the story. I mean, I, you know, like I say, I've been bullish in this thing since it was at 70 bucks, you know, because obviously once it gets above the red line, it's time to get in. So ever since 80 bucks, you know, I've been bullish on the thing, but I'm not as bullish up here because of the fact that, you know, they have discounted some of this stuff, right? In other words, you know, we all know that the supplies are relatively low. We all know they're not uh, drilling as much because they're returning money to shareholders in the form of dividends and in the form of what? Buybacks, okay? So we know the supply dyna dynamic could be quite tight, but they are starting to do different things to try to bring more um, energy onto the market, okay? And that could be problematic in the future. A lot of people, consensus opinion is this, between now and next spring, we could be rocky, which means this quarter Q4 and also uh, Q1 and Q2 even, possibly. But by Q2 and Q3 and Q4, it's possible that China comes back on, uh, the economy remains strong, and the demand is strong, and the supplies are very, very tight. And all of a sudden, you've got a situation of what? You've got a you've got 100, 120 on crew. Now, like I say, if that happens, these companies are lean and mean because when this thing went down to 50 during that collapse, people the these companies got a lot leaner. And now again, they are not putting money back into looking for energy. They're giving it back to the shareholders. So the supply is very positive. But again, looking at it here, I'd be nervous about this number here getting hit. So, I mean, if you don't mind a $22 drop, you know, fine. Um, let's look at the other um, the other uh, timeframes. Again, uh, you got your high points here, okay, where the RSI is up in the uh, 70, 68 area. And then we just made a big new high and the RSI is at 62. So it's a little bit of a lag there. And again, going back to 170 would be something that could happen. And then, of course, if you broke under 160, that would be a more significant drop. So again, a high surrounded by lower highs is always something to be concerned about, right? And so again, what we do up here, again, you could sit tight and ride it out and just say, I'm going to hold it through all of next year because I think it's going to be a situation where uh, this stuff is going to be way higher next year. And I don't care about the short term. But if you're short-term trading, you got to be concerned about a high surrounded by lower highs. And you got to be concerned about an oil price that just went and made a new low under 75, had a rebound rally back to 82, 83, and maybe it's back in the fade mode. We'll have to see. What's it look like on a one-year basis? Okay, well, you're back uh, under the red line, which is not good. And that comes in at 183 and change. And if it gets under 182, it'll be under the green line. And if it starts breaking under... So right now, the, 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 the place where you don't want it underneath for sure is 178. That's only four bucks away. So as long as it can stay above 178, you could make a case that you could sit tight. But that one that 190 surrounded by lower highs, you know, I don't like that very much. Uh, on the one month, 
Yeah, there you go. It's back and forth. You know, if you're if you're short term trading, swing trading, this is what I would be looking at. You got a you know a buy signal when it jumps up. You got a sell signal when it goes down. You got a buy signal. You got a sell signal. Right now, you're on a buy signal, and you want it to stay above 182, uh, 182. So there it is. As long as it can hang above 180, 182, or 178, that's your neighborhood of support. Uh, you know, maybe it's going to run right back up. I mean, like I say, the red line is pointing up on the monthly, right? And if it takes out 184, you know, maybe it's going to go up and test that thing, okay? When it gaps down, the reason it pops back up is to fill the gap, right? When it gaps down, it goes and fills the gap. Now, here you have a gap on the downside, on the upside, which got filled over here, and then it's got filled there. So this thing, you know, like I say, um, pretty easy to me, above 186, you probably are going to see a test of that 190 and maybe take it out. If you get under 180, 178, then this rally here was a Fugazi rally and uh, you're going to probably maybe go down towards 160. So again, you know, some of the uh, defensive tactic tactics are replacement trades, married puts and collars. And uh, one of the things we do at Option Professor is we can explain how those things work. So at least you understand the use and the risk of the strategy. Because if, if you're trading on your own, you know, sometimes you need help. And that's what we try to do. Okay, let's turn towards uh, Visa. These are all um, suggested by the audience. Okay, on Visa, where are you here? Let's start out with the 20 year and see what that looks like. Now, of course, consumer spending has got to help Visa, right? Uh, and that's why on the 20 year graph, let's see what it looks like. Yeah, you see how, again, when it breaks under these lines and it gets back above it, that's bullish. Okay, now again, so right now I would be positive on Visa but I would keep it on a short leash. And anything under 207, I would not be very happy about. So 209, 214, 207, those are your numbers. You break under 209, 207, you probably got trouble. RSI is at 53. This is really a poster child of where we are in the market. If we start breaking above 4,100, 4,175, uh, and we start making a run at that Fibonacci 4,300, this stuff's gonna take off. If this is a Fugazi rally, where we are going to not break 4,100 and we start breaking down, well, this thing's going down too, I would imagine. So it's really a microcosm of the big picture of uh, what's going on. Five-year, again, uh, what you like here is that it's above the red line. So you like it above the red line, which comes in at 197. What you don't like about it is, is the red is under the green and the green's under the blue. Now they are trying to turn up and that's positive, okay? So this is one you keep on the short leash. There's another moving average, 204. So you got support all, all underneath it right now, uh, 207, you got uh, support at 204, 202, and 197. And the RSI is up to 57. Remember what I said about RSI, when it goes to 60, one of two things is gonna happen. It's either gonna break through 60 and we could have an acceleration phase to the upside or it's peaking at 59 and 60 and you're gonna have a correction. So these moving averages, when you see them right around 59, 60, the, these are at critical points because an acceleration to the upside could be on the offing or you could be at a turning point. And that's what I would say here. Let's look at the one year. Okay, had a, had a rally. You can see 220 has been a, an area of resistance where it is right now. You have a high point today at 218.65. So if tomorrow you don't take out 218.65 and you close lower, you could sell it uh, on a short-term basis and defend the 218.65 high it made today. So tomorrow's a big day. But again, it's above the red, it's above the green, it's above the blue. But again, it's going to be 20 bucks above the blue and reversion to the mean means what? You're down here at uh, 206 and the moving average is at 210. You revert to the mean and then down. Here, you're way up here at 210, moving average down at 190. You revert to the mean and then you're back up. So when you get extended up here like this, it's like I say, you're at 57.59 on RSI. If it's going to 63 RSI, this is going to blow right through it. But if uh, 59 uh, on the RSI is going to hold, and you can't get through 218, 219 tomorrow, then a reversion down towards 210 or 200 is certainly not off the table. Or maybe two, uh, 210 uh, to 207 is not off the table. On a short-term basis, swing trading, again, it looks pretty good. Again, uh, you know, it's going, it's choppy, it's choppy. But again, there goes your uh, your shorter-term supports at two, uh, 212, 210. It starts breaking underneath there. You know, and again, uh, like we said about the RSI, you can see, RSI here is 50, 
RSI here 45, RSI goes to 50. Once it got above 50, there's your pop. So it accelerates when it goes through 60. All righty then, uh, let's see, MDT, Medtronic. They were in the news. I don't think it was good, was it? Let's find out. Maybe it was. Let's go on a 20-year basis. I think it wasn't good. There it goes. Okay. So uh, they must have, I don't know the exact news, but I know it was on the news and it uh, wasn't good news. Anyway, um, Medtronic's on a 20-year basis. You know, if you want to play uh, Bargain Hunter Joe, uh, your low point here was 75 bucks and you're trading at 79. So if you're buying it down here and you wanted to defend it against the low there, uh, that low, it did not take out this low. So I guess you'd call that a positive. That low is at around 72. This one comes in around 75. And so there's your two numbers in the sand, 72, 75. Because obviously there's the abyss underneath here, right? You don't want the abyss. It's oversold. So reversion to the mean, reversion to the mean. It's possible. Okay. RSI right now probably is lousy. Yeah, it's down to 35. So this thing is coming off the canvas. This is like a boxer who got knocked down and you're trying to get him to the corner and count to 10 to see if he can tell you what time of day it is, right? Uh, let's turn towards the five-year graph and see if we're going to help there. Again, oversold uh, basis, the moving average up here. So there is a possibility for a rally. Again, I would use uh, this low of 75 if they don't take it, because you can see when it double bottomed here, it was a good time to buy. So it's possible that's happening. Um, and so I would keep an eye on that. The RSI is 33. I mean, this thing's, I mean, this thing's a, a nightmare uh, on Elm Street. So, you know, you're trying to go in the junkyard and, and pick up something, which sometimes works, sometimes works uh, on a one-year basis. I'm assuming the guy's probably, you know, thinking, uh, uh, should he buy it? Because he's certainly been told to sell it for a long time, right? So I'm assuming he's looking for the buy side. Um, okay, we got above the red line, but the red line's pointing down. So that's not good. Red line comes in at 79.64. Today's high, 79.07. Red line pointing down, not good. So getting above it is a good thing. And so, like I say, um, if you're uh, not a whole lot of great things to say about this thing, I think other than you could defend it near a recent low. Uh, if you're swing trading, let's see what the one month looks like. Maybe you got a buy signal. Probably did if you're asking about it. Yeah. So you got a buy signal on the swing trade here at 77 bucks. And right now you want us to stay above 77, um, that's called 77 three quarters. Okay. So that's where you want it to do. So if you're swing trading it, your uh, uh, RSI is above 55. If that RSI can get above 60, you might take off here. There's a gap here at 82 that could fill, right? So that's three, three bucks there. So if you're short-term trading it, I can see why you'd be in it, okay? Uh, if you're long-term trading, you're just trying to play the prices right, uh, you know, bargain hunting in, uh, in something that has been a junkyard. Uh, these guys do have products that have value, though. So, I mean, it's not like uh, they don't have a business. I, I don't know their financials, but I, I know that, uh, you know, they're a reputable firm uh, for many years. But many reputable firms, if they're mispriced, still go down in value. So again, that's my, that would be my analysis. My opinion on Medtronic is if you're swing trading it, you want it to stay above 77 and, uh, and change. If you're buying it to hold, you want it to stay above 75 bucks. And on a short-term basis, if you can get that RSI above 60, you probably might make some money for yourself. So if we start taking out 80 and get up to 82 and the RSI goes up to 60, but can't go through it, that might be time to maybe take something off the table after it hits this uh, point here. If it keeps going, then of course, uh, where's the other resistance? Well, this thing's got a resistance up here uh, coming in at 93 and 107, 105. And if it's gonna revert to the mean down here, uh, you've got uh, numbers at nine, uh, 82, 87 and 92. So you've got room on the upside if it wants to turn and do a reversion to the mean. Okay, let's look at Caterpillar. Caterpillar is um, agriculture and agriculture is a good business because people need to eat and for whatever reason they seem to be having, and it's also a infrastructure play. So it's in a lot of different stuff. And uh, it has been doing very good, I believe. Now let's see what it looks like. Okay, let's look at the 20 year graph first. Okay, well, obviously it's coming into a neighborhood of resistance at 240, right? And so it's been in this 240 neighborhood many times, and it seems to have a hard time getting through it. Um, it uh, has an RSI that is very much lagging. See your RSI on this big rally up here is up at 79.80. Now we're up at the highs here, and your RSI is at 59. That's a big divergence, and that's a cause of concern. Also, you're extended. Again, revert to the mean from uh, 245 down to the mean of 180. 
This is where you buy against the mean. Then if it goes up too far away, back down. Too far away, possibly back down. Okay, let's look at it on a shorter term basis and see if it's telling us anything short term. Well, let's look at the five year. Again, five year uh, RSI, not telling us too much. It's extended from the numbers. So, I mean, is this a great place to start buying? You know, not for me. But uh, if it goes to 275, obviously I would miss a move, but I should have been in it here at 180 and 190 when it told me to get in it, not up here when everybody's already made money. Uh, and you've got a uh, maybe a flag here up. Up flag, down pole, possibly. Okay, let's turn to one year graph. What's that telling me? That's telling me it's starting to uh, crack. And uh, the RSI also fading. So this is why I'm concerned about it up here. Um, is there a gap to be filled? How about that gap right there, 220? Okay, if it breaks 225, that'll get filled. And what about this gap down here at 200? So there's gaps underneath to be filled. Uh, it's had a very big run and the RSI has definitely been fading during the run. So I'd be a little bit careful here, as long as it's staying above what? The, uh, the one year, which is at 234, there's a reason you could hold on to it, okay? But again, this is another one that I would keep on a short leash. And if you did own a lot of it, what would you consider doing? Could you sell some calls up here and buy some puts? You could. Could you buy some married puts with some of these gains you've made? You could. And can you replace it by dumping stock and buying calls at 240 or 245, six months out, just in case it keeps going? You could, okay? If you need to have some explanation on that, of course, that's what we can do. Uh, turning to the swing trade crowd. Okay, the swing trade crowd made very good money on this thing because it went from 218 all the way up to 238. So they made good money. Got a sell signal here and a gap. So it had to get filled, came back up here to 240. And now it's trying to go up again. So if you're swing trading it, you want it to stay above 234 and you want it to stay above 235. That's pretty short uh, leash. You live with that. Uh, again, the RSI is at 55. So if this thing starts breaking 240, RSI gets through uh, 55, 60, I mean, then you're probably accelerating to the upside. So again, you have to be flexible. Right now, the short-term stuff looks fairly positive. The long-term stuff looks positive, but it looks like it might be extended. And the RSI is looking a little divergency. So again, right now, under 234, that might change the tune. Definitely under 232 would change the tune more than likely. And you can see this one, this low right here comes in around 230. So where's the support? 234, 230, right? And then if it, if it breaks, uh, a 215 possibility. And a worst case scenario looks like a 200 right now to fill that gap. That would probably take time or some event, which I don't see right now. But, it, you know, obviously it's a great company, great company. And uh, the, the other one, uh, D or DE is another one that doesn't look bad either in that uh, genre. Okay, uh, let's look at uh, CTSH. CTSH, Cognizant Technology. Let's see what they're doing. They are up today. Let's start out long-term if they've been around a long time. Have they been around a long time? Looks like they've been around a long time. Okay, uh, this thing's got uh, nothing, uh, nothing but clouds above. Uh, coming in in a big traffic jam between 70 and 75. So we know resistance is there. So could it have a reversing rally? That's the question. Because ultimately, it's, it is weak at 42 on the RSI. Okay, so at least you know where the clouds are. All right, now let's talk about the five-year. Five-year, you've gotten above the red, which is nice. That comes in at 60. So if you start breaking under 60, that's no good. So that's a couple of bucks away. You got to keep above there. That looks a little bit like a spike uh, toppy there. So getting back above 6340, uh, the recent high 60, no, 6350, that would be very positive. And it would open the door to try to hit the blue line, which comes in at uh, 68. One year graph probably has turned up a little bit, right? That's why you're in it. So you got your buy signal here at 56 bucks. And right now there's 60 again. So you don't want this thing under 60. You really don't. In my view, my opinion, uh, maybe it'll go down and, and uh, stop people out. But, you know, 5860 is your line in the sand, as far as I can see, if you want to stick with it. Uh, that's 64 area again. If tomorrow we're not taking it out and then you start taking out 62, that might indicate that a turnaround is happening. Let's look at um, let's look at uh, the uh, swing trading crowd. And again, not bad. A little buy signal down here at 53, pretty much rode it up here towards uh, 59. Got another buy signal back in. So, you know, you have to be flexible to come back in. And right now you want it to stay above 61. So, you know, and then here's another line coming in at 60. So 60 is a good number, it looks like, to, that you want it to stay above. 
Okay. Um, let's see what else is happening here. Pfizer, those drugs are doing good. And uh, just imagine if China ever said, uh, hey, why don't you send some of those Pfizer uh, vaccines over here? We'll buy them. That would be pretty good for this thing, wouldn't it? Okay, so on a 20-year basis, uh, Pfizer, uh, again, reversion to the mean. You were up at 62. The mean is down here. This is where you buy Pfizer. You know, you buy it down at the 40s, 42, 44, 45, right? Now it's up here. And again, the red line's pointing down. So again, if it gets back under 49, that would not be good. So between 51 and 49, it'd be uh, some place to give it some rope. Okay, but that red line pointing down is not really what you want to see. You can even see it over here. Red line is pointing down a couple of times you went through it, but once it got back underneath it, it was more sayonara. So again, look at that 49 number uh, uh, very clearly. Uh, looking at the five-year, again, you got red under green under blue. That's negative, but you got the price above it. So again, uh, there's a number there. It probably comes in at 50 again, right? Yeah, 49. So the 49 is a big number, a couple of bucks away. You start getting back under 49, that would be a warning sign to me. Uh, one year, again, getting extended up here. Again, there's your 49 number. How many times are we going to hear that? Looks like 49 is a pretty important number. And then it could catch the blue at 47. You know, they got a good company. They got a product people need. Let's look at the swing traders. Again, a little bit extended on the swing trade here. Uh, swing trade, again, comes in at 49. You know, So 49 is a good line in the sand on Pfizer, as far as I can see. Um, and uh, again, what a, what a kick in the... Uh, Tail it would be if uh, China ever said, hey, you know what? Uh, why don't we try the, uh, the vaccinations that actually work? Um, that could happen, maybe. Uh, McDonald's. Who doesn't like McDonald's, right? Mickey D, the ultimate defensive stock, right? Because why? Rain or shine, those happy meals have to be eaten. All right. Uh, this thing is just trends up, trends up, trends up. And it's like the market, right? Boom, back down. And then it holds the red and blue line. So this is why you want to be buying down here. Not, not so much up here. Here you've got a high surrounded by lower highs. Is that a good thing? I would say no. Uh, the RSI is up at 62. So if it starts uh, coming down and the RSI gets under. And by the way, do you notice it spiked up after that RSI? Remember I tell you the RSI breaks 50, uh, 60, which happened when? It didn't happen in September, but the RSI did break 60 in October. And what did the market do? It went from 40 to 280, 275. That's called spiking up. And that's because the RSI broke above 60. Okay, so right now we're at about 62. If it starts breaking under 60 now and then starts breaking under 55 and you break under what? You break under the one year, which is 255, you know, then you've got a problem. So right now, the first problem is you have a high surrounded by lower highs. Second problem is you're a little bit extended from the blue line because the blue line comes in at 230 and you're in 275. And that's pretty far away from the blue line. Okay, now you look at the five-year. Again, high surrounded by lower highs, nothing good there. So coming down towards 260 is certainly not out of the question. And the RSI here is right at 60. So we'll have to see if it starts fading off 60. Short term or shorter term, one year. The one year is telling me that it is at a big juncture here, right at 272, 273. You break under 270, these two lines start pointing down, and that could be a problem. RSI, again, has broken underneath 60. If it breaks under 55, that could be telling you a more serious... If it breaks under 55 and you take out 265 then that would be a double whammy that you could have a more significant correction here. If you're swing trading, what do you got? Uh, you got it staying above 273 and 272, okay? And again, uh, a little bit sloppy looking. So I don't know if this sloppy is because it's going to start taking out 276 and roar, which it could do. So that's why you don't fight the tape. But uh, right now, because of that high surrounded by lower highs, I'd be looking to see if it's going to hold the 271, 270, 268 area that we talked about. And then I would be, uh, let's look at the one year. Yeah, like I say, you see it's right here in a traffic jam. If it starts trading above these highs here, then you got to go with it. And that high right there is 276. So this thing starts trading 276, unless it's a head fake. And then of course, if it is, you're going to use these red and green lines as your get out point anyway. So uh, this is, you know, everything's kind of on a ledge going into this jobs report tomorrow. So, all right, we are at, uh, I'd love to do all the stocks of the universe of 5,000 stocks, but I don't have all day to do it. So I'm going to 
close up here by inviting you to contact us. Again, uh, the option professor, we've been in this thing for decades. We're obviously very knowledgeable on all different types of investments from bonds to stocks, to the commodities, to the currencies, to international. I didn't get a chance to show you all the stuff that we're looking at, but these mining shares have been very good to us. Uh, these industrial mining shares have been very good to us. The energy stocks have been very good to us. The international stocks that we talked about for months have been very good to us. Um, you know, uh, Being uh, along the energy market has been very good to us. And we have things going into 2023 that we think, and we have some Chinese stocks that have been very good to us, that if they do reopen, there could be big potential there beyond what we've already seen. So we have um, obviously some views uh, backed by research that we'd love to share with you. And again, uh, we have a PDF reports on how to hedge or protect yourself from market declines, as well as upside surprises like we saw yesterday. That's very helpful. We've got a PDF report that goes over all the top stocks by sector that we like. So obviously, once the uh, mining shares starting to turn, having the stocks that look like uh, good ones in that sector are not is not a bad resource thing. Or when the energies turned last year, and we were talking about that, you know, that we had the Schlumbergers, the Halliburtons, the uh, MROs, uh, the um, uh, RRCs, and natural gas, and the Williams uh, uh, Company. So again. We had a lot uh, of information there for you. And also we have a one-on-one -on -one, uh, online session where we do like we just did now to the stuff that you own. And we give you our opinion and our view on what we think uh, it looks like. Plus we share the stuff that you're not in that we have that you could maybe look into as well. So again, we don't give advice. We don't give advice, but we do have research. And our research, I believe, is as, as good as it gets. Because again, I have no passion on one side of the market or the other. My passion is to be on the right side of it. And again, try to keep things on a short leash. You know, we know everything about uh, small losses can be made up very quickly, right? Large losses can't. So you have to watch your capital, your P&L every day. And when things aren't going right, you cannot be too patient sometimes, right? Um, and again, the closer you get into your exit point, better. I'll give you the McDonald's example in front of you. Uh, right here, when I get a, a signal to get in at 235 or 240, and then my get out point is right underneath at 238, you know, I'm not very far from my get out point. If I start messing around with it here at 282, uh, and my get out point is either 270 or 260, you know, that's too much risk for me. So you get my idea? I don't mind playing ball, but I'd like to get my entry very close to my exit so that if I'm wrong, it does a very little dent in my equity, okay? I think we can help you, okay? And uh, you make that decision by going to optionprofessor.com, O-P-T-I-O-N, professor, P-R-O-F-E-S-S-O-R.com. Uh, or you can call directly in 702 873 8038. You'll talk to me directly and uh, I'll see what I can do for you. If it's your cup of tea, great. If it's not, that's okay too. Okay. Uh, guys, you're in the chat rooms. You're buying all these newsletters. You're buying all these uh, very expensive uh, things. And again, you'll find out that uh, the way we operate is more than reasonable. And so uh, do take advantage of it. Optionprofessor.com or 702-873-8038.